Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We often think America is neatly divided into red and blue states, liberals and conservatives, Democrats and Republicans. Do you think there are only two political views in America? Time to reconsider. Let's think again. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. We're very pleased to be joined now by Kristen Soltis Anderson. And uh, she was on our program just a few weeks ago, and she teased that she had uh, some great polling and some work that she had been going uh, after uh, that really takes a new look, even to the point of looking at uh, what would happen if this country was not a two-party country? What if there were five parties? Uh, And she has some uh, great research, some great numbers, as always, breaks it down in an extraordinary way. And uh, Kristen, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me back on. So let's let's dive in. I uh, the moment you mentioned uh, this project that you had been working on, I thought, okay, I can't wait to to see the numbers. Let's dig in and uh, give us just kind of some of the top line findings first, and then I really want to dig into this idea of what if what if there were five political parties. Sure. Well, one thing we wanted to study is what's underneath these labels, liberal and conservative. You know, so many people have ideas in their mind about what it means. But when you actually ask Americans where they stand on issues, you find that there are a lot of them that, you know, they hold some conservative positions on some positions on some things, but more liberal positions on others. You know, oftentimes we get divided into red and blue camps, but there are a lot of voters out there that have views that are a little bit different. They're a little more all over the place. They don't all line up in the same spot. What we found was that generally you have about four out of 10 Americans who do fall into a conservative sort of camp on both social and economic issues. We asked 10 questions about sort of social and cultural issues, 10 on economics. And then we found about a four in 10 are progressive on all those issues. But the remaining Americans are kind of split most of those being more socially conservative, but also somewhat more economically progressive. They're okay with things like government raising taxes on the wealthy, being a check on corporations, um, you know, spending more on social services. And so we found that the center of American political life may be a little different than the views held by, say, a lot of executives, those in the media that are maybe a little more socially progressive. 
Oh, fa- fa- fascinating stuff. Uh, and and so as you continue down that path, you kind of look at this in terms of kind of the quadrants and uh, and where people might fall there, kind of the populist component to this, which has been interesting uh, both for Democrats and Republicans. Obviously, uh, former President Trump uh, really caught a populist wave. Uh, Hillary Clinton actually won the populist component of the vote uh, uh, in 2016. Uh, but what else did you find out in terms of those kind of in the populist camp, the libertarian camp? Uh, what else did you find out under the numbers? Well, under the numbers, we find out that the those populist folks, on the one hand, in the past, they did split slightly more for Hillary Clinton than for Donald Trump in 2016. But what's also notable is they're the group that's most likely to be more disconnected from the political process entirely. About Mm. one in five of them actually didn't vote in the 2016 election at all. And, you know, voter turnout went way up in 2020. People sort of assumed that, oh, well, that just means Democrats are really turning out people to vote. But that wasn't necessarily the case. A lot of those new voters were Donald Trump voters, and they tended to be in that populist quadrant, sort of newly entering the electorate, deciding that this time around they did want to participate and that's why in 2020, those populists lean slightly more Republican. Oh, fascinating. Uh, so let's dive in now to uh, to this idea. You, you really went inside the numbers uh, and took kind of all the labels off in terms of the names of political parties and, and political figures and personalities that might resent, uh, represent different things. Uh, when you presented it to the American people uh, under these five different categories, potential political parties, uh, what did you find? Well, we found that there is a lot more to American political life than neatly fits into the two major parties that we have. What we wanted to do was this experiment that would almost ask people if we were in a European-style country where you had lots of parties all running for a parliament, um, what would you find? And typically over in Europe, you have, you know, say, a center-right party, but you might also have a, a, a more conservative party that's you know, more focused on issues like being tough on immigration Um, kind of questions of national identity, those sorts of things. You'll sometimes have a centrist party that's more libertarian in nature. You'll have a labor party as well as more of a socialist or green party. We wanted to know in the U.S. how that would shake out. Well, it turns out that you have actually a lot of folks on the Republican side that prefer that more kind of nationalist, America first, let's focus on immigration, fighting, uh, you know, bad trade deals, fighting uh, political correctness, that that's more of where Republicans tend to land versus what I think you would think of as like Bush-style conservatism, which is mm. strong military, traditional values, limited um, you know, free market economics. It's really interesting to watch how the GOP has kind of moved in this, this new direction. At the same time in the Democratic Party, for all the attention we give to the far left, really that Green Party model is not that appealing to much of anyone. Um, you know, we found only, I think, about 15 percent of Democrats even would consider themselves part of a, quote unquote, green party. So for them, the focus really is more they want to see leaders focused on middle class economic issues, um, having you know a strong social safety net, et cetera. Uh, those are uh, really interesting things to look at. And it's interesting to see uh, how both parties are, are dealing with this. You mentioned on the Democratic side uh, with that small number being uh, to the the far left doesn't seem to be in step, but yet there seems to be a lot of attention there. They're often loud. Same thing is true on the the further component of the right in terms of being noisy and loud and and people feeling they have to respond. Uh, So as you look at all of this data, 
what's your what was your aha moment or what was something that surprised you, Kristen, as you went through uh, all of these uh, these numbers? Well, I think the thing that most people find surprising is how few people say that they think of themselves as what we sort of identify as almost like a Mike Bloomberg type position where it's more socially progressive but fiscally conservative. There are lots of business leaders, et cetera, who kind of think of themselves in that way. But we really only found about one in 10 Americans fit that bill. Mm. However, for younger Americans, that's a much more popular classification. And so while at the moment it's not a very potent force in American life, there is still the possibility that as younger Americans become a bigger and bigger share of the electorate, more and more of that kind of libertarian point of view will be important to politicians. Uh, great numbers, great data. Great analysis, uh, as always, Kristen Soltis-Anderson. She's a pollster, speaker, commentator. She's the author of The Selfie Vote, Where Millennials Are Leading America. She's also the founding partner of uh, Echelon Insight, an an opinion research and analytic firm that does everything from brands and associations and businesses to political clients. Uh, One of the great thinkers out there. Kristen, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you for having me. All right. So as we look at those uh, numbers that uh, Kristen was talking about, I, I think it is so vital uh, that we, um, you know, go to the idea that we need to think a little different about all of the labels that we've layered on each other and on ourselves, uh, because it's much more complicated than that uh, in a very complicated world. And being willing to set the labels aside in order to have a different kind of conversation is the one thing I believe can actually unite the numbers and unite the nation. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.